0: The Lutheran Hour, bringing Christ to the nations. We all get angry and irritated now and then. So did Jesus, and rightfully so. To understand this, we
1: need to see beyond his anger to those he wants to reach. As great as Jesus' anger is when his disciples and religious people keep others away from him, His love and forgiveness for you and me, sinners that we are, is even greater. The good news is to see your Savior. See the Savior soar. Not soar at you because of your sins, but see the sores the Savior endured for you. It's a classic message from
0: Dr. Dale Meyer, today on The Lutheran Hour. Hello, I'm Mark Eicher and welcome once again to Archives August, as we revisit timeless messages from the Lutheran Hour's long history. Thanks for making this program possible through your faithful support. Your prayers and gifts help the Lutheran Hour bring Christ to the nations and the nations to the Church. Learn more at LutheranHour.org. The Rev. Dr. Dale A. Meyer was Lutheran Hour speaker from 1989 to 2001. He later served 15 years as president of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis and retired in 2020. He and his wife Diane currently reside in Collinsville, Illinois. The message we're about to hear was first broadcast in August, 1999.
1: Now here is Dr. Dale Meyer. Lord Jesus Christ, you are both the Son of God and the Son of Man. Give us your Holy Spirit as we now study your word. Teach us by your example to use our energies and emotions to bring all people to know you. May we do that because you have brought us sinners to know and believe in your forgiving love. Amen. What makes you angry? Our television crew went on the street and asked, What makes you angry? Here are some of the answers. What makes me angry? You really don't want to know. Another person said, People that lie to me. Still another, rudeness, intolerance, racism. Somebody cutting me off in traffic. People tossing their cigarettes out the window when you're driving down the road, or just stopping and dumping their ashtrays. That really annoys me. And finally, this one. I don't get mad at anything, normally. Let me disagree with that last opinion on the street. Call it mad, call it irritated, frustrated, annoyed, vexed, whatever, you do get angry. There are many words that describe various expressions of anger. Anger is a natural human emotion. It shows itself in different ways. Sometimes we erupt like a volcano, other times we simmer like a boiling pot. Sometimes we lash out physically, other times we lash out with words. However, we handle the feeling, we all express anger. What makes us angry? One cause is when something I want or something you want is blocked. Going back to the people we interviewed on the street, another person said, I get real frustrated and angry when I'm out of control. A situation where I don't have control. Authors Glenn Taylor and Rod Wilson define anger this way. Anger is an experience that occurs when a goal, value, or expectation that I have chosen has been blocked. Or when my sense of personal worth is threatened. As I said, everyone gets angry. Everyone. Including Jesus. That's what today's message is about. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is true God and true man. As true man, Jesus showed anger. So, what made the Savior sore? Let's look at some Bible stories. The first story of the Savior sore is recorded three times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Here's how St. Mark tells it. Some people brought little children to Jesus to have him hold them, but the disciples told the people not to do that. When Jesus saw this, he became irritated. He told them, don't stop the children from coming to see me. Children like these are part of the kingdom of God. Irritated is a word from the Anger family. What irritated Jesus? Remembering what Taylor and Wilson said, that we get angry when a goal is blocked, we see Jesus irritated because his goal was being blocked. Jesus' goal is that all people come to him. In John chapter 12, verse 32, he said, I will draw all people toward me. But here, his goal was being thwarted, and of all people by his own disciples. Fast forward from biblical times to your daily routines. Have you ever thwarted the goal of young people coming to Jesus? Do you put your energies into bringing children and teens to know the goodness of Jesus, or are you only concerned about your own generation? And did you ever think that there might be less teen violence in our society if we older people did more to bring young people to Jesus, the Prince of Peace? Psalm 145, verse 4, lays out the goal. One generation will praise your deeds to the next. Jesus got irritated when his disciples kept young people away from him. Let's read another story where we see the divine Son of Man soar. Again, versions of this incident are found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke But it's St. Mark who adds information about Jesus' emotions. Jesus went into a synagogue again. A man who had a paralyzed hand was there. The people were watching Jesus closely. They wanted to see whether he would heal the man on the day of worship so that they could accuse him of doing something wrong. So Jesus told the man with the paralyzed hand, Stand in the center of the synagogue. Then he asked them, is it right to do good or to do evil on the day of worship, to give a person back his health or to let him die? But they were silent. Jesus was angry as he looked around at them. He was deeply hurt because their minds were closed. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. The man held it out and his hand became normal again. The Pharisees left, and with Herod's followers, they immediately plotted to kill Jesus. What made the Savior sore in this story? It's simple. It's not only young people whom Jesus once brought to him. God expects us to do good to everyone, and it upsets Jesus when we don't. This is what the Lord requires from you, says Micah chapter 6, verse 8, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to live humbly with your God. Now, these religious people put on a good show, but in truth, they were not striving from their hearts to do what God expected of them. They probably didn't realize they were hypocrites, but they were doing exactly what the prophet Isaiah had decried centuries earlier, these people worship me with their mouths, and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is based on rules made by humans." Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. It's significant that Jesus in Matthew 15, verse 19 quoted that verse from Isaiah against the Pharisees. Again, we fast forward to a question you and I must ponder. Are you doing the good that God expects you to do? The answer to that question is a matter of values. How are your values shaped? On the one hand, the Bible opens our minds to what God would have us value. To do good, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. The power of God's word puts those values into our hearts, making his expectations our sincere desire. On the other hand, human opinions have a way of closing minds. Now, search your heart. Do you go to church and Sunday school and Bible class? Do you privately read the Bible? Do you listen to religious broadcasting programs like this gospel program with your minds open to be taught by God to let his values become your values? Or, Do you take snippets from God's Word to fortify your own human opinions, using spirituality as a facade for your unchanged heart? The alternatives here are clear. If your values are shaped by God's Word, well and good. With His help, you'll want and do what He expects of you. However... If your values are shaped by your opinions or the opinions of your family and friends or whatever the media promotes, then you will not meet God's expectations. That wasn't good for the Pharisees long ago, and it's not good for you today. These Bible stories have taught us that Jesus did not get angry willy-nilly. You and I might do that. But Jesus got angry when religious people were using their energies and emotions to keep others away from him, the savior of sinners. In this way, Jesus is the model for how you and I should use the energy of our anger. Be angry without sinning, says Ephesians 4, verse 26. There are two parts to this divine instruction. The first part acknowledges that we get angry. No problem there. You and I do that all the time. The second part of Ephesians 4:26 is the real instruction from God to which we need our minds opened. Be angry without sinning. Here we have trouble. You can be angry and use that energy in good God-pleasing ways. That's what Jesus did. In his anger, he did not sin. However, when you are angry and sin, you can hurt others and push them away from the Savior. Has someone ever been pushed away from Jesus because of the way you, a religious person, handled your anger? Let the truth be told. We have all sinned by the ways we have handled our anger at various times. Sometimes, our inappropriately expressed anger has pushed people away from knowing Jesus. Yet, here is the good news. As great as Jesus' anger is when his disciples and religious people keep others away from him, his love and forgiveness for you and me, sinners that we are, is even greater. The good news is to see your Savior. See the Savior soar. Not sore at you because of your sins, but see the sores the Savior endured for you. Jesus' anger at the sin that keeps people from God led him to win your forgiveness. See the sores in his hands, wounds inflicted as he was nailed to the cross to pay for your sins. See the sore in his side, a wound inflicted when he was dead, when he had said, "'It is finished.'" The price has been paid once and for all. See the sores in his feet, wounds that he showed to the disciples after his resurrection to assure them that he is the risen Savior of life. Jesus is the model for how you and I should handle our anger. We should control the energies connected with our anger so that more people come to know Jesus. But before that, put your faith in Jesus as the Savior who brings you forgiveness for your sins for all the times when you have not done the good God expects of us all. One final incident where we see the Savior soar is the cleansing of the temple. Jesus went into the temple courtyard and began to throw out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the money changers' tables and the chairs of those who sold pigeons. He would not let anyone carry anything across the temple courtyard. Then he taught them by saying, Scripture says, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a gathering place for thieves. I have not found any commentator who suggests that we should act the same way using force to clean out the church. But there is one thing about which many commentators agree. The temple was his house. The sacrifices in that temple foreshadowed his perfect sacrifice upon the cross. Jesus entered that building to dominate it as his own when he was only 12 years old. That earthly building pointed to his church, To all who have received his gift of forgiveness and believe he is their savior. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 20 and 21 say that the Christian church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Jesus had the right to clear from the temple anyone and anything that did not serve his goal. Let that be your goal. Clear from your heart the emotions that keep people from knowing the goodness of God. Test your thoughts by the word of God to see if his values are yours, if his expectations are your desire. Whatever a person's nationality, whatever the race, whatever the color of skin, whatever the age, whatever the hygiene, whatever the level of education, whatever the part of town in which they live, whatever, the Savior wants them to be brought to know his goodness. The disciples, who had used their energies to keep little children away from Jesus became missionaries to the whole world when they knew the power of his forgiveness and life. His spirit transforms the energies of your anger so that you can work toward his goal of bringing the goodness of God to others. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Be angry without sinning. Amen
0: you're listening to the lutheran hour for free online resources archived audio our mobile app and more go to lutheranhour.org archives august continues next week as we present a message by dr oswald hoffman
1: I'm here today to invite you into the presence of Christ and into the family of God. People like me who carry with them the sting of sin, which is death. We're not here because we are better than other people, but because we too have been called into the presence of Christ, drawn away, apart from the darkness, into the light, compelled by a love which turns the darkness into the brilliance of sunshine. It's the warmth of Christ that makes his family a sunny place for shady people.
0: Dr. Oswald Hoffman, next week. Now here's Lutheran Hour speaker, Dr. Michael Ziegler.
2: Thank you, Mark. And many thanks to God for Dr. Dale Meyer's message, which was, as you heard, inspired by Paul's words shared to the followers of Jesus in Ephesus long ago from chapter four, where he's encouraging them to walk in a way that shows the value of God's call, uh, which includes not sinning in our anger. Today, I'm getting to visit with Reverend Peter Kirby. He's a regional director for Lutheran Hour Ministries Peter, you help direct the global outreach that Lutheran Hour Ministries does through our many sites around the world. And one of those places is Mongolia. I've never been to Mongolia. I'm I'm guessing a lot of people share that with me. So what what's Mongolia like? Do you remember your first visit there? I've seen pictures of you on horseback riding through the Mongolian landscape. So yeah. tell us what it's
3: yeah, like. Yeah, it was a very interesting country for me. I When I was growing up, would never have believed that I'd end up being able to visit someplace like Mongolia. When I think about that, that's like the end of the earth. It's as far as you can get from, you know, where where we are.
2: Tell us about some of the people who work with Lutheran Hour Ministries there in Mongolia.
3: We started work in Mongolia in 2014. Uh, It was about the same time that the LCMS uh, missionary was transitioning from another country to do some work in Mongolia, and so we asked if we could go alongside the LCMS, and they were preparing to do some church planting work there. We already had an evangelist working in Mongolia, and so we asked if we could come alongside and help with media outreach and radio ministry. Um, And so the beginning of our work was a vision to develop some radio programs that that we could put on a Christian radio station there and and do outreach. And uh, so we hired a director, uh, Carly, from back then, who's continued to serve with us until today. She has an assistant, Sully, that works alongside of her doing a lot of social media outreach now. Uh, amazingly, Facebook is the number one social media in Mongolia, and just about everybody uses it there. Huh. They actually have an arrangement with the government that allows people to access Facebook anywhere in the country without using data. Wow! So they can they can have you know conversations over Facebook just as easily as you would like texting or having a phone call. It's a
2: great so that, way to connect people. Yeah,
3: that's a great connection. So it's a good it's a good uh, way for us to reach out and connect with a lot of people that way too and piggyback on all that success. So we've done a lot there with social media. And then we have uh, four different radio stations around the country. They only have FM radio there, so they're fairly limited in terms of the distance. Uh, from the tower that our radio signal goes out. But in each one of those communities where we have the radio broadcasts, we also have a correspondent working who's kind of our person on the ground. So they distribute radio handsets to people and other technology. They gather news and information that we can put on the local broadcasts in those communities, and also do follow-up with the people who hear our broadcasts and respond to them. So that's become a way for us to connect locally then with those broadcasts.
2: Now, you mentioned the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. This is the the church body of which we're a part. And another partner in that wider church body is the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. And I, I was able to attend their national convention in Lexington, Kentucky earlier this summer. And I learned about a grant that they sponsored through their organization to help support our work in Mongolia. Tell us about that. What are we hoping to accomplish with that mission grant in Mongolia?
3: Yeah, we are so thankful to the ladies of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League for considering our grant and approving that for funding over these next couple of years. And the goal for that was to expand our ministry among women and children in Mongolia, and we have a really good ministry going on with those two groups of people. One of the ways that we've been working with the radio broadcasts that we have there is to, to form listeners' groups. Those listener groups have become a place where you can invite a friend come and join you and hear a little bit about it. Uh, Sometimes we may have respondents like on Facebook or in other social media that are interested. So we'll invite them to come and join one of those listener groups in their area as well. So it's really become a good follow-up technique for us to connect with a lot of women in these communities and to help them to struggle with their life issues and to answer the questions that they have um, about life and about faith and how those two come together.
2: Have you heard of a particular woman who's come forward and has responded to some of the work that we've done that that, uh, sticks in your mind? There
3: was a lady named Tara who's about 38 years old and she had graduated from secondary school in a small town outside of the capital. She lives with her husband and children, just four children, and when our director first met her, she was very angry and violent and very lonely. Um, she grew up in a family practicing another religion, but our correspondent in this community first met her while she was distributing radios there, and so the lady came to our listeners meeting that month. In that meeting, we gave out booklets and radios. And starting with that meeting, she was always coming to the meetings after that and became one of the most active, regular participants in those monthly women's meetings. And she's now a leader for other women. um, And she helps us every meeting and invited other women. And one of her problems was that she found out that her husband had cheated on her um, and that he left her for another woman. And she became very angry about that. Um, and so our correspondent met with her and encouraged her, and they shared their own family history and testimony. Um, and the, the first time that we met her, they sh- shared with her you know, how to forgive her husband. And the second time they met, they shared with her how to raise her kids, and the third time, how to build up her family in the best possible way. And so they also shared how to pray for her family and told her that there's nothing impossible with God. Um, And so she uh, came to church once and was asking for prayer so that uh, she may be able to find a job, you know, with her husband going out, that was such a problem for her. And so she was able to get a new job um, in answer to that prayer just at the end of 2020. So now she's very stable and energetic, and she can see things from a very different perspective. And so she has a very good friendship with her colleagues and has encouraged us and helped us as they're doing food distributions in that community to some of the poor there. And they've become very close friends, um, this woman. And so we praise the Lord that... In the end, they did not divorce. She was able to reconcile with her husband and they forgave each other and have seen a lot of positive changes in her family. That's an example, I think, of how one life has been changed through encounters with our staff, through these listener meetings and being able to be with like-minded other women in those communities that are struggling with many of the same issues in a lot of cases.
2: Thank you for sharing that, Peter. It's like how we heard with Dr. Meyer's message today. This ancient message that Paul was talking about 2,000 years ago has power to change us, that we still experience anger, but in Christ we have a new perspective, that we, we forgive others as God has forgiven us in Him. So praise the Lord for the work that is being done there in Mongolia and around the world.
3: Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it a little bit today and to share with the listeners what God is doing there in that faraway land of Blue Sky.
2: Thanks for joining us. Taught by our Lord and trusting in His promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace. Amen.
0: This has been a presentation of Lutheran Hour Ministries.